The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. Let me tell you a story about Charlie from Chicago. For a number of years, Charlie was attending Torah study classes at a local Jewish institute. And he loved the intellectual stimulation. He loved the discussions. He loved the learning. He loved the debating. He loved study. But it wasn't affecting him, the person. It was just the study. It was the pursuit of knowledge, pursuit of education. It was fascinating. Even Talmud study was fascinating. The debates and the arguments, he loved it. But after a while, after detailed study and study, at some point it starts connecting to his soul. And he starts feeling the connection. And one day, after chatting with the rabbi of the institute, the subject of commitment came up. It's one thing to keep studying Charlie for all these years, but what about taking some of that which you're studying and put it into practice? And Charlie said, you know, I've been thinking about that for a while, and I actually decided a major decision. I have decided to take on one mitzvah. Now, usually when we say we're taking on one mitzvah, we take on something small and we begin to climb from there. Charlie said that he was going for a big one, and he was going for kosher. He wanted to go kosher. And he told the rabbi of this institute that starting tomorrow, I'd like to begin to keep kosher. So he invites, tells the rabbi, I'm going to need you to come over to my kitchen tomorrow. And tomorrow I'm going to do this. And tomorrow he's going to do that. And at some point, the rabbi said, it's wonderful. I can't, I can't stop complimenting you with the courage that you have. And by all means, I'll help you. I'll go step by step with you. I just want to ask you something. You keep repeating the word tomorrow. If you want to make this commitment, why wouldn't you make it today? Let's, let's start now. To which Charlie said, don't, don't push yourself. Don't push yourself on me now. I said, tomorrow, give me my one day. Okay, no problem. Why indeed did Charlie want to start tomorrow, not today? Well, it's like this. Before going cold turkey, he wanted to frequent one particular restaurant that he went to more than any other place. I've never been there, but I've been told by the people that live in Chicago, it's quite popular in Chicago. It's a fast food place called Superdog. And Superdog was famous for their Superdog. It was a special type of hot dog that people would wait for, and people just love these particular hot dogs. And Charlie was one of the biggest fans of these hot dogs. And therefore, he wanted to visit Superdog one more time and have one more super dog hot dog before he would say goodbye to this lifestyle for the rest of his life. And so he visits his place just as he had planned, and he's sitting down by this table, ready to dig in, ready to eat what for him would be this last super dog. As he's about to take this first bite, some friendly guy sits down and says, anyone else sitting here? He says, no. So he sits down. The two begin chatting. The children, it turns out, attends the same school. They start talking about life. And Charlie begins to eat his hot dog. He says, wow, is this good. So the fellow says, you seem to really, really love these hot dogs. He says, oh, yeah, these, these are the best. These are the best. But this is my last one. To which the fellow says, last one? Why? If you love it so much, why, why is this your last one? Now, he's sitting with a stranger. He doesn't know the fellow is Jewish or not. He's not going to understand kosher. He doesn't want to come across as if he's joining some cult. So he simply makes up a story, and he says, well, economic times are difficult for our family. We've decided that we have to cut down, and we're cutting out all fast food foods, 
we're cutting out going to restaurants, and therefore I'm giving it up because our budget doesn't allow for it. So the fellow says, well, it's your lucky day because I happen to be the owner of Superdome. I own this place. And he takes out his wallet and he hands him this gold coupon. And the gold coupon says, it's for life, free super dogs for life. To which he says to Charlie, it's your lucky day. You can come as often as you want. You can enjoy your favorite fruit as often as you want. Nothing to worry about. He's like won the lottery here. So Charlie is so upset. He's upset at God. Why are you doing this to me? And he runs back to the rabbi and he says, this is so unfair. This is so unfair. God knows that this is my biggest struggle. He knows that the biggest challenge for me is giving up my super dog. So what does he have to do on the night before my great sacrifice? He puts this in front of me and he shows the rabbi the card. This is what he does to me. So the rabbi said to him, you see, you think you just encountered a mountain that you can't climb. But the truth is, the truth is, the reason God put this before you, because he wants to show you just how strong you are, just how courageous you are, just how much strength you have within you, the strength of your conviction that even if he was to challenge you and put this card in your hands, you'll still be able to do it. So the reason God did this is because he loves you. And he wants you to see for yourself the potential that you have. Charlie did indeed stick to his commitment. And in time, the mitzvah of kosher led to another mitzvah, followed by another and another. And today, if you were to visit Charlie and be invited to his Shabbos table and sit in his dining room, you would see a large picture frame. And it's the entire picture is empty. It's just white matting. But right in the middle is a small little gold card from Superdog. Lifetime supply of Superdog. And under it are the following words. This is my constant reminder of how much God believes in me. Sometimes when we have these mountains to climb and we fetch and we complain a lot, really it's God putting this mountain before us, telling us, you can climb it. Find the strength within you to climb the mountain. Some of you may have heard of a well-known professor. His name was Dr. Velvel Green of Blessed Memory, Allah Bashalom. And we have had the privilege and the honor of having him speak at the Kaneo Jewish Academy numerous times over the past decades. At first, he made Aliyah to Israel at the latter part of his life, but he originally lived in Minnesota. And he was an eminent, eminent scientist. He worked for NASA. He was very popular, very well known, and he was also quite secular. And he started getting involved slowly, he became very friendly with the Chabad emissary of Minnesota, Rabbi Moshe Feller. And Rabbi Feller introduced him to the Lubavitcher Rebbe. He began written correspondence to the Rebbe over many, many years. And slowly but surely, he began to see the universe in a new light. He would write many questions to the Rebbe about science and Torah, but still there were things about the essence of Judaism that bothered him. He wasn't buying into all of it, but he was beginning to get involved, beginning to get warmed up. But the full commitment he wasn't ready for. Now one day, before he was about to leave on a business trip, and Rabbi Feller knew he was leaving, Rabbi Feller calls him up and says, Velvel, I understand you're leaving tonight, yes? I want to ask you for a favor. What, what's the favor? 
So he says, you know, before you get on the flight, I want you to call the airlines and I want you to order a kosher meal. Kosher meal? I don't, I don't keep kosher. I know. But if you're going on the plane and you're going on a flight, order the kosher meal. It can't hurt. Why would I order a kosher meal if I don't keep kosher? Well, for starters, you know, it's a good thing to be on good terms when you're up there in God's space. It's a good idea. For secondly, it's called the Kiddush Hashem. People know who you are. You're quite popular. They're going to see that Professor Velvel Green is eating kosher. It will leave an impression on them, and maybe it'll inspire them to keep kosher. So although you're not doing it yet, imagine you have the ability to inspire people. I need to remind some of you that in the olden days, they actually used to serve meals on the airplane. They used to come around with their carts, and they would say, what would you like to have? They're now only on international flights. Now, maybe you're lucky if you get some potato chips. All right, Velvel Green says, Rabbi Feller, I think this is idiotic, but is it important to you? Would it make you happy? Fine. He calls the airlines. He orders the kosher meal. Okay, he's on the flight. The attendants, we used to call them stewardesses. Now they're called flight attendants, comes around with their cart. And they say, are you having, having chicken or beef? Each one, chicken or beef? And they're giving out the trays. Comes to Rabbi Feller. To, excuse me, Professor Feller, and, excuse me, Professor Green. And Professor Green says, excuse me, I ordered a kosher meal. Oh, the flight attendant says, oh, okay. And what's your name? Velvel Green, Professor Velvel Green. Okay, well, uh, we'll be back soon with your kosher meal. And five minutes go by, 10 minutes go by, 15 minutes go by, nobody's coming back. And so Professor Green is ringing the bell. And the flight attendant comes back and says, yes. He says, yes, you, you told me you're going to get my kosher meal. I ordered a kosher meal. Remember, Professor Green, every time he says his name, he says it loud. He says it loud so that everyone should hear on the plane that Professor Green ordered the kosher meal because that's what Rabbi Feller wanted. So yes, I'm Professor Green and I ordered the kosher meal. I'll, I'll be right back. I got to check. I got to check and see. I got to find it for you. Warm it up for you. And another 15 minutes go by, and the flight attendant returns, and the flight attendant has that look on her face. It's that look that tells you you're going to be hungry. It's that look that says there must have been some mistake. I'm so, so sorry. Somehow there was a break in the communication, but we don't have any kosher meals on the plane. Would you like chicken or meat? Now, at that moment, Professor Green was about to say, I'll take the steak, because he didn't keep kosher but he just made such a fuss for the last 30 minutes. And every passenger on that plane knows that Professor Green wanted his kosher meal. It's not going to look good if suddenly he says, yeah, I'll take the tray for meat. So he has to say, no, I can't have the non-kosher food. I need a kosher meal. But they don't have any kosher food. So he's very hungry. And he describes to his audience when he would tell the story just how hungry he was and how upset he was. He was upset at the airlines. How do you mess up like that? I called. I made the reservations. Okay, it was in the last minute, but I made it nevertheless. He was upset at God. I'm in your territory here. This is your neighborhood. You should have seen that they had my meal. But he said, as upset as I was at the airlines and as upset I was as I was at God, I was really upset at Rabbi Feller. This was his idiotic idea. This was a dumb idea. I told him it was a dumb idea, and yet he insisted on it. The flight was a stopover, and it stops off at midnight in some other, other airport somewhere in America. He's got a one-hour layover. 
He gets off the plane, and I'm sorry tonight for telling two stories about hot dogs, but it just happens to be the hot dog night. Maybe I'm hungry, and maybe I like hot dogs. But the first thing he sees when he comes off on the, into that terminal is a hot dog stand. Different than Charlie's hot dogs, but a hot dog stand nevertheless, and definitely not the kosher kind. And he's really hungry, and he doesn't keep kosher, so he gets online to get himself some food. But he says, no, 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 no. Come right back on this line soon, but first I have some business to take care of. Again, some of you from the older generation would remember that there used to be something called a payphone. A payphone was if you didn't have your own cell phone, which we didn't have more than two decades ago, you would go to a phone and you would actually like put in coins and you would make a phone call. Now, some of you may remember, what if you're making a long distance call and you're not traveling with $9.75 in quarters in your pocket? What do you do? So if you remember, there used to be something called a collect call. Like the nodding of your heads, do you remember what a collect call was? Right? The other guy is going to have to pay for the call. So you get on the phone with an operator. You tell the operator, I'm making a collect call. The operator waits for someone to pick up. I have a collect call for you. Will you accept the charges? If they accept the charges, they're paying for the call, and it's an expensive call. But there was one call that was even more expensive than that, and that was called a person-to-person collect call. That was that you only want to speak to one individual in that house, and if that individual is not there, you don't want to speak to anybody. Person-to-person collect call is a very expensive call. It's midnight. He's hungry. He's going to get his hot dog, but not yet. He goes to the payphone. He makes a person-to-person collect call for Rabbi Moshe Feller. Rabbi Feller's wife answers the phone. I have a person-to-person collect call for Rabbi Moshe Feller from Professor Green. Will you accept the charges? She wakes up, Moshe, something is wrong. The professor's calling you collect, person-to-person collect. Should I accept the call? Of course accept it. So she accepts the call. And Rabbi Feller gets on the phone. Professor, what's wrong? What's wrong? Thinking the worst. He says, Rabbi Feller, you remember you called me. You told me that you wanted me to go ahead and order a kosher meal. Yes, I remember. Do you know that I did that? I'm very proud of you. Thank you very much. Well, I will have you know that they did not have my kosher meal. I will have you know that I was up there 35,000 feet up in the air in God's territory and I was starving and I was very, very hungry. I will have you know that my flight has a stopover. I will have you know that I am 10 feet away from a non-kosher hot dog stand. I will have you know that I'm going to buy me not just one, but I'm going to buy two hot dogs. But I didn't want to buy it until I woke you up to tell you that I will think about you every single bite I take. Rabbi Feller says, thank you so much for calling and for notifying me. And I hope you have a hearty appetite. However, I have one thing to say to you, and that is as follows. Professor Green, in every one of our conversations, I shall call them debates, you always challenge me with the following question. Can you summarize all of Judaism? In one sentence. That was always your challenge. Can you give me the bumper sticker of Judaism? What's it really all about? You, you keep giving me these long discourses. I like to hear things summarized. What is it all about? And you've always told me you've never been satisfied with my responses. Well, I have a new one for you. All of Judaism, Professor Green. Everything that you want to know about Judaism, about God, comes down to this. Can you hang up the phone with me? and walk by the hot dog stand. Good night, professor. And he hangs up the phone. Now the professor says, what, this guy's nuts? 
I always thought he was crazy. Now I know that's all of Judaism. If I could walk by this hot dog stand and get on the next flight, that's everything. Get out. And he gets right back online. He's about to order his hot dog. And he says, I froze. I just froze. Because at that moment, it hit me. This is what Judaism is about. God has a personal relationship with each of us, and we each have our challenges, and we each have our mountains to climb. And this is my mountain right now. It may be small. It may just be about a hot dog. It may just be, do I have the strength to walk away? But this is the challenge that God is putting before me right here and right now. This is my Abraham moment. And at that very moment, Professor Green says, I walked away, I got onto my next flight, and I have never touched another piece of non-kosher food again. He met God alone at the top of a mountain in some airport terminal, but he knew that this was his mountain, this was his climb, this was his challenge. Enjoyed this story? Come again. Bring a friend. Stories to inspire.org.